around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Welcome to the broadcast today. You're listening to a production of Terry Mize Ministries. I'm sitting here with Terry and Renee Mize, and I'm Lynn Mize. You can find out all about us and what we're involved in at terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com, as well as other podcasts. We've got resources, things that will be a blessing to you on there. And we just invite you to come in and uh, enjoy the things of God with us. We're talking today about Psalms 91. We're talking about supernatural protection. Uh, On our last podcast, we touched on this and we just didn't get done. So we wanted to bring it back and uh, talk about some things today that will make a difference in the life of the everyday person, something that you can do, something that is not just about you loving God and hoping God intervenes in your life, but something where he's give something where you can actually take the word of God and put it into effect in your life and make a difference. Dad, we're, uh, we're excited to hear more about this today. I, I talked uh, at the end of the last, last week's podcast about a story of a little girl named Rhonda, which probably encapsulates the, the whole idea behind Psalm 91 so well. Oh, I think so. Uh, we're talking about a, a girl who was not a Christian, a girl who had been involved with demonic stuff. The devil literally visited her. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Uh, she didn't know uh, anything else to do about it, but she had figured out one thing that did work on it, and that was the Word of God. No, absolutely. Well, it's a tremendous. In fact, it, I think it's one of the greatest um, stories I've ever heard personally, certainly personally, because this was personal, because I'm the one that cast the devils out over and got the testimony. But uh uh, one of the most tremendous stories about using the Word of God and the power of the Word of God over the devil when it's used proactively, when it's used on purpose, and when it's used like a weapon and a tool. It's not just a book that somebody read. Uh, you, you know, you can't just look at the devil and say, the Word of God. You know, you, you've got to be able to say, this is what the Word says, and, and I'm, you know, I'm taking authority over you because of it. And we touched on this after after last week's podcast when we were off the air that we're not talking about uh some of these things just that God intervenes just because you love God. Right. Just because you're a good person. Right. Just because you're a Christian. Right. That's not what we're saying. We're saying there are actual promises of God that if we put them on the inside of us and they come out our mouth and we use them at an appropriate time and place with the authority and the dominion that we talked about last time, then that makes a difference. And it has nothing to do with whether you love God or not. No, absolutely. You know, for years, I mean, I've been in ministry now for almost 50 years or 48 plus years. And uh, in the early days of our ministry, I'd come into churches and tell testimonies. And then someone would come up and challenge me or not really challenge me, but be upset with me uh, so much that I almost got to where I didn't want to tell the testimonies anymore because it would be something along these lines. I would I would tell some testimony about how someone uh, was raised from the dead or how someone was uh, sick and we, we prayed for him and got him healed or how somebody you know, had a problem and, and God delivered them or whatever. And so immediately here would come someone after church service and they'd say, well, what are you saying? I mean, my grandmother loved God and she died of cancer. Well, what are you saying? My, my mother loved God and she died in a horrible car crash. Or what are you saying? My son loved God and he died, uh, you know, in a hunting accident. I mean, or a boating accident. Uh, and I'd always say, no, 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 we're not talking about loving God. That's not even the question here. We're not talking here about whether you're born again or not born again, a Christian, not a Christian. I'm talking about whether you love God, God loves you. Of course, if you're a Christian, you love God. And of course he loves you, whether you're a Christian or not, he loves everybody and sent Jesus to die for us. But, uh, 
that that's not what we're talking about here. People want to get offended immediately. That's that's kind of all they hear. I'm not sure they ever hear the rest of the sermon. Once they hear the story that that offends them or upsets them about their loved one, and I get that. You know, I understand. Well, it's emotional. That. You were talking it's about that. It's very emotional. It's extremely emotional to hear you've buried a child or a mother or a grandmother or, or a friend or somebody, and you know for a fact they love God. Now you think some preacher's saying they didn't love God? No, no, no. I've never said that, never thought that. We're not talking about whether you love God or whether God loves you. We're talking about whether you know how to proactively take the Word of God and use it like a weapon or a tool against the enemy. That's why God gave us this word. Uh, that's that's how Jesus used it. He said, Satan, it is written. And and he just used it like a sword. He used it like a weapon. And God tells us the the word is our shield, it's our sword, it's our it's our buckler, it's our truth, it's our it's our breastplate, it's it, you know, I mean everything in the whole armor of God uh tells us how to defeat the devil. But uh, it is a war that we're in. You know, we're in a war. We have an enemy and he's constantly trying to kill, steal and destroy as we said in the podcast last week. Yeah, well, we were just out of the country, uh, Dad, you and Renee and and me and a number of the grandkids, the grandboys anyway, mm -hmm. and uh, you were talking to us about the importance. You know, we we did a, a early morning devotion of before we'd start our day, just like, you know, we do that whether we're on vacation or whether we're, you know, on our regular routine at home. Um, we, we talk to the boys about the things of God. The Bible says, you've always said this, that you're only supposed to, you only, according to the word, have to talk to your kids about the word about the Lord three times a day, four times, four times a day. Tell us those times. Well, the word says you have to talk to your kids about the things of God. When you rise up, when you go out, when you come in and when you lay down. So only four times, so just four times when you get up, when you lay down, when you go out and when you come in, in other words, all the time you talk to your children about the things of God. They, well, but Renee was talking so much uh, there in, uh, on our fishing trip. And uh, I, you know, Renee went fishing with us. She, she did for the first time in she her did life. She went fish. on a fishing trip and actually caught fish herself, and and actually took the fish and and uh, and let it go, released it again. She caught a walleye that was almost twenty five inches long. So, uh, but 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 you know, she was talking a lot to to the guys too. Uh, every day in the devotions about how to use the Bible, how to use it proactively. Yeah, we were and Psalms ninety one, of course, is something that's dear to I guess every Christian's heart. Every sure. Christian uh, of any denomination will say, "Well, that's the protection chapter. That's the protection verse." That I've always used that. I've always prayed that. But you know, there's a difference in just reading it and just and, and then seeing what really makes it work for you. Right. And that's what she was talking to them about about even putting their name into it. Sure. And saying, sure. you know. Uh, I dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Tell us a little bit about how you were uh, telling them to make it personal to to their each individual life. It's just really simple, and yet religion has complicated it through the years yeah, and made it to where we have to make it sound like it's God talking these and thous, and and it and and it's more almost an attitude of like we pontificate and and become another person when we speak the Word of God. And that's really not, you know, the purpose for the word is to bring it down. Jesus came to bring it down to us in everyday single, everyday Amen. personal life. Just like when he told the Beatitudes, it was always a personal uh, life application, day-to-day -day situation. And so when talking to the boys about it, and, and you know, it's always so wonderful to talk to young people about it uh, and uh, be able to tell them that this is something that they can put in their mouth. And when I learned how to, what I call, pray the Word of God, um, it was a real breakthrough for me. I was in my 20s. I didn't know how. Uh, most of our prayers like growing up in my uh, Pentecostal church and background that I came out of was almost, we were begging God. We were we were hoping in a praying. Right. 
And um, we were we were trying to talk God into doing something for us. And I never was quite sure if it was God's will or, you know, if something bad happened to me or something good happened. I wasn't sure if it was God doing it or the devil doing it. And it causes people to be what the Bible says and describes as double-minded. So we want to teach young people and teach uh, young adults and new believers how to speak the Word of God. So it's a very personal thing. Put your name in there. I will. The God will do this for me. Father, you said, make it a prayer where you're talking to God or you're speaking to the situation in your life. I command. I say. Yeah. And it's always putting yourself out there. And, and there's one scripture I want to remind folks about is Romans 10. Uh, the Apostle Paul's teaching on how you develop or how you begin a relationship with the Lord. He said, you first of all have to believe in your heart and say out of your mouth. And that's the system throughout the Word of God. Yes, it is. is somebody has to believe something and somebody has to say something. Yeah. And whether you're in, in a, a life and death situation and there's someone in a McDonald's trying to kill everybody, or whether you're in the privacy of your own home with your Bible open or you're just talking to God about trying to get your children to, to do better in school. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, the dynamic or the, or the, the, the distance between those two, uh, situations in life, um, are, are very specific. But when it comes to the Word of God, you can take the Word of God on a big thing or on a small thing in, in, in regard to your whole scope of your life and begin to say what the Bible says. I know when, when Dean and I, my first husband, uh, found out about these things, I began to pray Psalm 1 over him that uh, we, you know, that, that, that Dean's delight is in the law of the Lord and in that law does he think on all these different things that promise uh, that whatever you set your hand to will prosper. Uh, that kind of sounds, good. that kind of sounds biblical and flowery, but when you bring it down to everyday life, you want to know that when you go to work, whatever you do, God's going to cause it to somehow uh, make you prosperous, give you a sound mind, yes. make you creative and give you favor with other people. And that's really what we're trying to train young adults and, and grandsons and granddaughters all in is begin to pray the word of God that I dwell in the secret place of the most high yeah, yeah. and I abide stable and fixed yeah. under the shadow of almighty God. I'm not just out there by myself. I'm living in the very presence of God. He lives in me and I live under that canopy of all of his blessing and all of his wisdom in my life. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And it makes a difference. And we see it work in everything that we do. For For those of you who are new to the program, uh, we want to welcome you in. Appreciate you joining us today. We're excited to get to visit with you and tell you about some things that we've learned over 45 plus years in ministry and missionary evangelism around the world, also humanitarian aid and some of those things. Um, there's more about that on Terry Mize, uh, com. T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com. You can find out about who we are, what we're all about, about the uh, JMICF, which is our humanitarian wing, and all those sorts of things, as well as lots and lots of resources that'll be a blessing to you that will explain some of the things that we're talking about today. Dad, to sort of wrap up in this podcast, what we started on the last podcast about protection and, and there being very real good and very real evil in the world and about using the word of God in our lives, uh, we wanted to talk about this little girl, Rhonda, in Trinidad. Yes. So tell us about that story. Yeah, well, let me just say what we said last time on the podcast about Psalms 91, that, that verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord. 
Uh, now, I've always believed with all my heart that verse 2 is what makes that whole thing work because you're not just reading it, you're saying something. And when the Bible tells you to say something, you need to say it. When the Bible tells you to do something, you need to do it. And he starts off saying, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Then he goes right into verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. Uh, in Him will I trust. And it's, it's saying all those things in the rest of the chapter uh, all the way until God starts talking uh, that makes that thing work, that causes it to work. In fact, in fact, this will probably mess up my, my production staff, but it's okay. Um, I've got a tape that, uh, that God dropped on my heart a long time ago, a sermon. Uh, I think it's just a single tape series, single tape, uh, not a tape, it's a CD, uh, called, called Who Do You Say Jesus Is? And uh, people listening to this podcast today, if they if they want to contact the office, uh, either by phone or by, by email or however they want to do it, if they want to contact the office, I'd, I'd be happy to send them that CD free of charge just as a gift to them because that message is so vital. It's so important. It's how I've lived my life all these years. It's how I've escaped death. It's how I beat the devil. It's who do you say Jesus is because uh, who you say he is, that's who he'll be to you. And that's exactly what the psalmist is saying here. He says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. He is my strong tower. He is my help and my hope in him. will I trust some, but trust in horses and chariots and TV and, and internet and, and, and newsletters and other kind of gimmicks and gadgets. But, I trust in the name of the Lord, my God. Yeah. And that's what's made this thing work. And that's what Psalms 91 is all about. Yeah, that's really good. And, and well, there, there's the offer for this week. We already had an offer in place. So we'll, uh, we'll just throw two out there. So we want all of you guys to stay in touch with us. We want to be involved with you. We want to know what's going on in your life. We want to know, is this stuff working for you? Can we help you make it work better? What can we do to get involved with you and, and, and get you to win? Use the word of God and learn to win with it. So, uh, if you'll go find us at either terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com, you can find out all there is to know about us and and our resources and that sort of thing but we also want you to connect with us on facebook and we can keep track of you and and uh you know kind of kind of learn who you are and and uh and correspond with you back and forth we want to hear your prayer requests we also want to hear your praise report so if you'll go find us terry mize ministries on on facebook and hit the like button then we want to give you a gift it's a book called god's opinion of you written by terry mize a little mini book, and we know that'll be a blessing to you. But you just heard Terry uh, give out a second offer. If you'll contact the office and mention this podcast, tell them that you heard it, that heard the podcast offer, and uh, we want to send you as a gift from this ministry to you. Uh, who do you say Jesus is? It's one. It's a single CD uh, message, and it will be a blessing to you. We live every day around here with that message. We we literally use it in everything that we do. Anyway, back to this story, or to tell this story about uh, Trinidad and this little girl named named Rhonda. Uh, Mom and I were in uh, in uh, Jackie and I were in in Trinidad doing a doing a crusade and then ministering uh, in churches. And Dean and Renee actually had come with us on that trip. They were with us on this trip. That's right. And uh, and so we had done the open air crusade. And then the last day of the, the last day we were there it was a Sunday, and I ministered on Sunday morning in a local church. And then when I finished, I gave a call for salvation, and I gave a, a, a uh, you know, had people come down for prayer and we dismissed the service. Service was over. And uh, I went on outside, Dean and Renee went on outside with me and, and we uh, shook hands with people as they came out of the church, but mom never did come out. And so uh, after a while, people quit coming out. There's nobody left. And so I 
went and opened the door to the, see where mom was and where Jackie was. And she was standing down at the, down at the platform, just standing there with her arms folded, uh, looking over to the side of the church. So I looked over to the side of the church to see what she was looking at. And there was a whole bunch of people over there. Just, I mean, maybe, maybe anywhere, 10, 15, 20 people. You couldn't tell because all the, all the arms and hands and legs that were flailing everywhere, but there was a whole bunch of people over there trying to cast a devil out of a young lady, demon possessed girl. And so, uh, I got mom's attention. I said, Jackie, Jackie got her attention. I said, come on, let's go eat. And she said, uh, Terry, come here. And she motioned for me to come here. And I shook my head. No. And I said, no, let's go, let's go eat. And she shook her head. No. And told me to come here. And I, I, I got real tough, you know, and I pointed at my belly and I pointed at my mouth and pointed at my watch and said, you know, I want to go eat. I'm hungry. And she said, come here. And so finally I got a little louder. You know, in the South, we always use a second name, middle name, if you're serious. So I said, Jackie Noel, let's go. And she just turned around and looked at me and she said, Terry Lynn, come here. So I don't know why I started that argument. I know I'm not going to win it. So uh, I walked off down there. I said, what is it you want? What are you doing? She said, I want you to go over there and help that little girl before these Christians kill her. And so I just walked over there and I just started grabbing Christians by the neck and by the collar and maybe by the hair. I don't remember. And I just started pulling these bodies off of this girl. And I got down to the bottom of the pile and here's this 18 year old girl and she's practically naked. I mean, they have just about got all of her clothes off of her, you know, just, just in the fight. I don't mean they were trying to undress her, but sure. I mean, just in the fight with her being demon possessed and them being, you know, Christians trying to deliver her. Uh, she, I mean, her whole top, everything was off, you know, and she was just about naked. And so, uh, and she had hair and snot and tears, you know, her hair plastered to her face. And, and of course she's been screaming and yelling and crying. And, and so I just reached down and, 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 and grabbed her by the arms and just pulled her up to me. And I grabbed some of her clothes and just wrapped them around her shoulder and pulled them around the front and held them. And, and then I just reached out and grabbed her in a bear hug and I cast the devils out of her. I mean, totally, absolutely delivered in the name of Jesus from all those demons. And then I led her over to the front seat and let her, set her down, led her to Jesus, got her saved, uh, got her filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and then we sat there and visited for a while. You know, I'd wipe the snot and the tears and the hair out of her face. And, uh, and we sat there and she told me the most interesting story. I think it's one of the greatest stories I've ever personally uh, heard that demonstrates the, the power of the word of God over the power of the devil. And so here this little girl is, she's 18 years old. Now, I know this is hard to believe, but she's been living with a guy since she's 13 and she's got six children because somewhere in there, she had a couple of sets of twins. So she's got six children. She's 18 years old. She's been living with this guy since she's 13. And she told me, she said, she said, brother Terry, every night the devil himself walks into my house and she began to describe that feeling, how the place would get cold and clammy. And you could tell when he walked in. And of course I felt all that. I don't want to scare anybody, but I felt all that. You know, when the devil walks in, you know, when sure. when, you know, when he's there, and she said, every night the devil walks in and she said, and when he does, the kids start screaming and crying. Now her only concern about this whole thing was as a mother, she's got six kids. She wants to get to sleep. That's her only concern about this whole story. Right. She's got six kids every night. They're screaming and crying and she wants them to get to bed. And she said the, the pictures on the wall would begin to vibrate and shake and then float off into the air. Mm. And then the silverware drawers would begin to shake and rattle. And then they would open and the silverware would float off into the air. And I knew she's telling the truth. I mean, you know, Trinidad and Tobago and all, a lot of the nations, you know, are full of witchcraft and voodoo and what have you. Uh, and so, uh, and, uh, uh, I know, I know a, a time or two there in, uh, in Trinidad, I had friends of mine that they'd be standing there talking to some demon possessed person. And all of a sudden, uh, 
a rock, I mean a real rock about the size of your fist would come out from behind their head out of nowhere and just go with the Christian. You kind of have to just dodge the dodge the rock, you know. I mean, voodoo is very, very rampant in a lot of nations. And so I knew the story she's telling was true. And she said, and the kids are crying, the silverware is floating, the pictures are floating. And and again, all she cares about is getting her kids to sleep. So she said, she said, Brother Terry, she said, every night to get rid of him, I go get my grandmother's Bible. Now, I questioned her later and found out her grandmother was a, was a Methodist. So here she had her grandmother's Methodist Bible. And she, this little girl would read to the devil out loud, Psalms 91. And she would read it to him until he left. And she told me, she said, you know, most nights, she said, I only have to read it three times or four. But she said, I have had to read it as many as 12 times, a dozen times before he would leave. Then when he leaves, she would go get all the kids to bed and get them to sleep. Then she'd go pick up the pictures and put them on the wall. Then she'd go pick up the silverware and put them back in the drawer. And then she'd finally get to go to bed. And I was absolutely amazed at that story because just think of this. Here she was a demon possessed. Now, a lot of people know they're demon-possessed. They know when they got demon-possessed. They didn't mean to. They didn't know about it. Uh, how, But they got demon-possessed and have not been able to get free from it. And they know they're demon-possessed. They just can't do anything about it. So she, she here she was demon-possessed. She's a sinner. She's not a Christian. She's a sinner. And yet she knew that the thing that would beat the devil and run him out of her house and let her babies get to sleep is that she could take the word of God, her grandma's Methodist Bible, and read to him the 91st Psalm. And she wouldn't do it just once or twice, but she'd do it as many times as it took to get him to leave. And sometimes she had to do as many as 12 times. And I thought, dear Lord, of all the Christians I know (laughs) that are saved, that are born again, that are filled with the Holy Spirit, their, their Bible thumping, hand clapping, glory yeah. shouting, foot stomping, you know, <laughs> word of God Christians. And yet I don't think that I don't think that has stayed in red twelve times. I think no. they've done it once or twice and said, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, but I mean she knew the authority, the power, the dominion that this this Bible has over the devil. That's she incredible. didn't know how to use the name of Jesus. She didn't know how to use the blood of Jesus. She didn't know how to use anything except read to him. And can you imagine the devil being in her house every night? And here she starts reading you the 91st Psalm. And she just starts out saying, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty, for I will say of the Lord. And then, you know, she finishes the whole thing, and he's still there. So she just starts again. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. And then if he's still there when she finishes, she just starts again and again and again. And pretty soon the devil says, you know, I'm out of here. I'm done with this. And some nights he couldn't take it after three times, and some nights he stayed as long as 12. But every time it beat him because this little sinner girl, demon-possessed girl, knew that the Bible, the Word of God, was active, proactive. She could use it as a weapon, use it as a tool, and beat the devil. Yeah, it's absolutely an incredible story from the very beginning where you where the, the story sort of encapsulates so much about the word of God and so much about Christianity from the from the well-meaning Christians who are wearing this girl out because they didn't understand the authority. Sure. To to you taking her, standing her up, quickly casting the devil out of her, wrapping her clothes back on her because that's the love of God. You know, let's just sure. we're, we're not going to be mean to the little girl. We're going to do everything we can to love her and nurture her and minister the love of Jesus to her to the authority that she understood as a little sinner girl. And by sinner girl, I just mean somebody who's not saved. Yes, you're not born again and, and doesn't know Jesus. It doesn't have a relationship with him, but knows that that Bible, her grandma had taught her, this Bible will beat the devil. Isn't that incredible? Sometimes people are just caught in a dynamic uh, where they don't, they just have little bits of light. I mean, how did the girl get to the meeting? You know, how, right. how did she end up being there? 
somebody brought her. She heard of something. She got in there, and she just had a little bit of light, a little bit of truth that Psalm 91 had helped her in the past and maybe didn't know anything hardly above that on any level, but was around an environment where where demons were very active, and it was almost a cultural thing sometimes in different different countries because religion, culture, a lot of different things play into um, people not knowing the gospel and not knowing their authority. Nobody's told them. They don't understand it. But it's so important that she actually acted on the little bit she did know and somehow got to the meeting and then was in a position where she was letting people pray for her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and or not. She may not have yeah, let them. And <laughs> just ended ended up in a dynamic where she was caught in that situation. And then demons wanted to act out and do all these crazy things that they do sometimes that we see a lot of times more in other countries than we do here in America. But the bottom line is is that a little bit of light you know, what's that? What's that? A little uh, bit of light and total darkness is better than no light at all. Well, and then that what a, a, a one eyed man and a blind well, man. Well, I wasn't going to say that because it's probably not politically, <laughs> politically correct. correct. But, but it's a, still. A, an old famous missionary statesman right. said to me many, many decades ago, he said, Terry, a one eyed man in a blind man's camp is a king. You know, well, if you, and you, that's you right. just, have you ever been to these caverns? You know, I know as a West Texas boy, I went to Carlsbad Cavern. Sure. There's other caverns around. And they take you way down those caverns. And turn out the lights, and I mean, it's dark, 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 dark. But then the park ranger will just light a match. Just one little match will illuminate that place because just a little bit of light in total darkness will illuminate. And that's that truth you're talking about. It it just never takes—God doesn't require an abundance of of somebody to know a whole lot. It's just have a little bit of hunger down in your heart. Just try to reach out to get some help about something, anything in your life. Because the very basic scripture that Jesus said in his ministry there in the Gospels is, they that seek shall find. If you knock, it will be opened. Um, if you ask, you shall receive. Just those simple, simple things that that God lays out there for us that invites and, and gives the universal invitation to, to come to God, to come to the Lord Jesus. Um, and in stark contrast, uh, to me, Christianity is always such a, it's such a personal thing. It's not just rules. It's not just uh, a collective thing. It's a very personal thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we're, we're one of the only, if not the only, uh, if you can want to call it philosophy or religion or whatever, uh, you know, people want to describe it as, that actually says our God lives in us, that our God will come and live and no in us. No other religion claims that. And, and that would be blasphemy in other religions. And yet, what we're taught from the Word of God is that we humble ourselves to receive a, a wisdom that's greater than what we can see with our five physical senses or understand, and that God will come and live in our heart, and He will show Himself His wisdom and His power to us, and then let us begin to live it out. So it doesn't take a whole lot. It just takes asking. Yeah. <laughs> it just takes seeking. It just tr- it just it just takes a little bit of effort for God to show up in a big way and help somebody. Yeah, that's so good. We've talked about for two podcasts now, two two broadcasts. We've talked about Psalms ninety one and how we can make that make a difference in our lives. How we can take the promises of God 
and we can put them on the inside of us and we can use them and God himself will show up and do there's something evil in the world. Right. To defeat evil. And so you're, right. you've talked here a little bit, Renee, about just a little bit of light right. was enough, is enough to illuminate the dark. That's right. And people make it so spooky and, and uh, so, you know, trying to be just so, uh, you know, impress somebody with it. And really what it is, Terry's preaches a great message on that, that, you know, God is not trying to be, um, you know, like Hollywood tries to be sensational, sure. you know, and try to try to impress somebody with something that they do. God is miraculous. He is miraculous. And he does things that are just miraculous. And sometimes you don't even see it right when you're doing it. But when you look back at it, you think, oh, my God, that was an absolute miracle Absolutely. that that happened for me. And and that's that's just how real God wants to be with us yeah. in a day to day life. So I encourage people that are that are listening today to just seek after the Lord. Don't try to light any candles or get in a dark room and and go, um, you know, those kind of things. <laughs> just just in your heart, say, God, I want to know you. Will you teach me what the Bible has to say? And God has provided the Holy Spirit as an inward teacher. He's given us, like Terry said, the name of Jesus that gives us the power in the earth to to begin to exercise that kind of supernatural work in our life. And then the love of God is really the thing that draws everybody into the kingdom of God. Yeah, and it's so good. And to those of you listening today, whether you stumbled on us or whether you found us and have been listening to our podcast, um, we thank you for being in the audience. And we believe this has been a blessing to you. We've certainly enjoyed ministering the Word of God to you, talking to you about the things of God. And we want to be in touch with you. We want to be in contact. We want to get involved with you. We want the Word of God to work in your life. We've thrown out two offers for you. Um, first of all, we'd like for you to go to Terry Mize Ministries on Facebook and click the like page. And when you do that, we're keeping track of it. The office staff is keeping track of it. And we're going to send you a mini book written by Terry Mize called God's Opinion of You so that you understand how God thinks about you, what he thinks that you ought to be capable of so that you'll know how to think about yourself. Uh, we also threw out an offer for um, who do you say Jesus is? It's a single CD that absolutely will revolutionize your life. We use it in everyday life. We say that Jesus is the, he's the, uh, he's the healer. He's our, uh, financier. He's our doctor. He's, I mean, we just go down the list. He's everything. That's right. And we give him, uh, that authority in our lives. But we want to connect with you. Send us prayer requests. Send us testimonies to Lynn, Terry both Mize. Of those offers are free. I don't know if you said that or not. Both, Absolutely. Both of those offers. Uh, we'll send it to you for free. Those are both gifts from Terry Mize Ministries to you. And uh, so just let us know. Mention this broadcast and uh, we'll get those right to you. But we just want to be a blessing to you. Want to be involved with you. So contact us at terrymize.com, T-E-R-R-Y-M-I-Z-E.com or on Facebook. And let us know how we can be a blessing to you. Let us get our faith and our prayer hooked up with yours. Until the next podcast, we appreciate you joining us. And we're looking forward to being with you again. You've been listening to a Mize Missions podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.